Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, thank you, Laura. Wasn't that great? Yeah. So today I get to share on our part three. I'm losing, I'm losing track. Part three of our Forever 21 series. Thank you, Bronwyn. And, um, and that's a series on habits. It's a series on habits. And as I was preparing, um, as I was praying even just a, a few minutes ago, I felt, I felt God put it on my heart that this is a tough subject. It's a tough subject for a lot of people. When we talk about habits um, and the thought of some of our struggles and our habits, for some of us here it's overwhelming. It's a tough subject. Um, but I just want to start by praying and I want to start by encouraging you um, that... The Holy Spirit is here, and He is not harsh or hard. He is our strength. And even though we're talking about a difficult subject of habits, um, we're not in it alone. We're in a room full of people that are behind. We're all behind each other, and we've got the Holy Spirit. So is it all right if I pray? Father, we just um, bring you this time. For some of us, habits and this subject is very difficult. But Father, we choose to acknowledge that you are helping us. You love us. You think that, well, you, you sacrificed everything for us. And you're going to help us. And grow us in our lives. So thank you, Father. We want to listen to you this morning. We want to welcome you in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Luke 4.16 says, uh, says this. He, it's talking about Jesus, went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his habit. Luke 5.16 says, but Jesus withdrew drew to lonely places and prayed, as was his habit. So we see through the scriptures that, that Jesus had habits. And they were obvious and noticeable. Everyone that knew Jesus knew these things about him, that he kind of did these certain things. And, and he, was, he did them and he was known for them. What habits are you known for? Who has some habits? What are you known for? What are the kind of things that people say, oh, yeah, 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 that's classic, that's classic Mark. That's a classic Mark. Craig, Craig's laughing. He knows some of my bad habits. 
Alan knows some of my habits. But we all have habits, so hang on, don't point the finger too harsh at me. But so some of the habits that I have that I'm known for is, uh, well, one of the things is wearing the same clothes a lot. Um, and people actually come up to me and say it. They actually say, oh, you're wearing that shirt again, hey? <laughs> Tasha said it to me. Yeah, she's, yeah, okay, you really like that shirt, don't you, Mark? Um, yeah, okay. But I can, you know, that's something I'm known for. I just, look, I just feel comfortable in certain things. I just wear them all the time. And it's actually not, it's not unusual for me to, to wear the same T-shirt for like, a week, a month, maybe multiple months. Just just wear it every day. I just, it just feels good, you know. I just like it. And I'm luckily, I'm not really a smelly person, so I can kind of get away with it. I do change my socks fairly regularly. I usually only get a, about three or four days out of a pair of socks. But that's, that's, a bad, that's a habit that I'm known for, right? Um, I'm kind of known for being late. I was late this morning to prayer. I am just kind of like it's not a good habit. I'm known for eating loudly. A chewing, yeah, I just, yeah, Holly, oh, I, d- I didn't know I did it until she pointed it out. But even just on our first date, I just eat fast, I eat loud, I drop stuff on the ground. Like when I regularly at the burgers place we, we eat and I'm usually the first one there and I, I don't I've usually finished my meal before I even sit down. Like just from am I joking? It's not actually even a joke. Like I, I serve my plate up and by by the time I've moved across the lounge room to the table, it's gone. It's like and there's a trail. It's like bad. It's like you, laugh, you guys are laughing because you think I'm joking, but it's actually 100% true. So what is a habit? What is a habit? Well, I guess a habit is just kind of something that you do so regularly that you end up doing it without really much thought. It kind of becomes part of your day or your week or your life. It becomes kind of part of who you are. So is having a habit good or bad? It kind of depends on the habit, doesn't it? it? kind of depends on what it is. But what I've noticed is that some people are definitely more habity. Is that a word? Definitely more habity. Some people are more like they, they kind of have these things that they love to have kind of routine and habits and and uh, but some people really 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 hate habits you know really they don't really like like habits are too sensible for you guys it's like they want to get a little bit crazy you know they'll be boxed into routine and habits who are those people there's a few of you here <laughs> Yes, Tim, we do know that. We know that about you. And we love that about you most of the time. <laughs> like when Josh said um, last week in his message, and wasn't it a great message? It was a good one. Check that out if you, um, 
If you haven't seen it, check it out on the live stream on the YouTube channel. But Josh suggested last week that um, that really it's a good idea to go to bed at well 10 o'clock or earlier and get up before the sun rises. When he said that, some of you died inside a little bit. It was like COVID. It was like oh, <laughs> the sun. Like, let's be real here. Some of y'all haven't seen the sunrise since you hit puberty. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying that. Like, you just you like the sleep in life, right? Okay, so, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give give you a hard time about that. Oh, my notes just went crazy. Some, some of us just see habits and routine as taking away the little bit of freedom we have left since COVID. And it's a little tough to swallow. But for those of you that are a bit like that, I just want to say, hang in there. I find it a bit tough. I find this message a bit tough, but we'll get through it together. We'll, this, is, this is my little smart, my little smart quote, okay, to make me feel like I know stuff. Uh, Will Durrant, who wrote the book The Story of Philosophy in 1926, in which he sums up some thoughts from Aristotle, says this. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. Excellence is not an act, it's not something we do, but excellence is a habit. And I think what he's trying to say is that skills development takes repetition, right? And repetition takes habit. So without habits... You don't really get better at stuff. Without habit, we don't really get better at stuff. Habits make our lives heaps more easy. Can you imagine a world without any habits? Like, imagine, just imagine for a second if habits didn't exist. There was no such thing as habits, there was no such thing as routine. A world without any kind of habitual type behaviour. What would that be like? I mean, just think about it. You'd, you'd open your eyes and you'd then have to decide, well, are we going to go to work today? Huh. And you'd have to think, and you'd think it through. Well, okay, well, I guess... Uh, What's the pros and cons? You'd have to weigh it up. Every single day, you'd have to go, well, I don't really feel like going to work. So that's a bit of a tick in that box. But, but if I don't go to work, then I won't have any money and then I won't be able to afford the rent this week and I'll be homeless. And then I won't be able to eat. So... Maybe I should go to work. And so you'd think that through and you'd get out of bed and then you'd have to think, well, what am I going to wear? In fact, what am I going to eat for breakfast? 
uh, eggs, or I could have Fruit Loops. Although, oh no, I didn't go to the shop because uh, so I guess I won't have breakfast after all. And then you've got to work out, are you going to have a shower at the start of the day or at the end of the Every single decision in life you'd have to weigh up, am I going to go to the gym after work? Do I feel like it or not? But I've got the motivation because I'm all about those booty gains. And who's an attractive young man? Ethan. You know, I want to impress Ethan. He might be there. You know, so every single decision that we make, we'd have to think it through and we'd have to rely on, on the motivation in the moment. Some of you are thinking, Mark, you actually describe my actual life. But it's, but it's, it, it's a great benefit to have some habits. So you can kind of have like a momentary decisions, things that we decide on in the moment, things that we can rely on felt motivation and, and working things out. Deciding in in that particular time, or you can have habits. You can have habits. On my phone, uh, I have this thing called a calendar, and um, and when I put an appointment in the calendar, uh, it gives me an option. Say, if I'm meeting with someone at at three o'clock, I can then uh, uh, there's a drop down box and it. it gives me that uh, prompt to say, do I want to uh, do this like every day, every fortnight, every month, something like that, right? Have you guys seen that? And you can like, is it called scheduling? Something like that. I'm just looking to Matt and Julie because they seem like they're kind of that kind of people that they know their calendars, you know. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, you guys know a calendar. So it's like you, you kind of like, you can schedule uh, an appointment based on something that you've already decided. And then it just kind of like, it's there and then it's there. You don't have to decide every there. And so you decide over here, but it just kind of rolls out. And so you don't have to decide every time based on what your values are or what you want. Well, that's kind of what a habit is, right? It's It's like a decision in perpetuity. It's a decision that you make that doesn't kind of have an end date. And so they can save a lot of time. It can be very helpful. And I think that's the beauty of habits, is it's not actually meant to block us in. It's not meant to steal freedom from us. It's meant to create freedom. It's meant to give you more time to do the things you value by saving time and mental energy. So I don't think we have to be scared of it. Psychology has discovered that we have habits not just in our behaviours, but in our minds. Like our minds. I'm pointing to my head. 
But do you know that psychologists have also discovered that there is actually kind of little mini brains in our heart and in our stomach, which is interesting. So we actually don't just think with this, we think with this and this. And that's actually true. That's weird, hey? But we have, we, but we have these neural pathways in our mind which are kind of like habits. Like it's, it's a path. Kind of like, has anyone ever taken an area like a forest or a tropical rainforest or a jungle or something like that and you've gone on a little path? Has anyone done that? Like gone on a little trek? Maybe off to a waterfall somewhere in the, uh, what are those mountains called? Glasshouse, tambourine mountains, something like that. There's little waterfall trails. Holly's like, I don't know. Bushwalking, you know, stuff like that, right? <laughs> and, and so when you find these little trails, it's, it's, a little, it's a little unsure and you've got to take every step carefully. You don't quite know where it's going to go. But if you walk that trail a number of times, it gets more defined because of your footprints especially if there's a lot of foot traffic, and you get better at walking it. And that's the same with our minds. The more we think something, the better we get at thinking it. Right? The more we think something, the better we get, which is great or kind of not so great, depending on the thought, right? Because if you think something that's not so good, you get better at thinking that. But if you think something... That is good, you get better at thinking that. It's, it's basically the first time you think something is the hardest. Because every other time after that it gets easier. But in the same way, like in the, in the uh, rainforest of Cambodia, there's these beautiful big pyramids and ancient structures and you, you can't even see them because the, the jungle has reclaimed them. And in the same way, a, th a thought if you start to step away from that and don't think it so much, it disappears. And it then becomes easier to think the new thought. Does that make sense? Pretty cool, hey? In 1980, I watched a movie called The Gods Must Be Crazy. <laughs> Who here was alive in 1980? Now, this Gods Must Be Crazy is, a, is a quite a weird film and there's quite a number of parts in it that are possibly inappropriate. But, um, but it, it, it's, it's kind of funny. It's got some funny things in it. But it zones in on this, uh, this group of people called the Kalahari Bushmen. The Kalahari Bushmen and and these guys, it really kind of illustrates their plight. And they became quite famous after this. And these Bushmen are known, they're world famous for their tracking skills. Finding a path in the remotest area. They, over, over thousands of years, have developed the skills and passed it on. And they can, they can track an animal where no one else would find any sign. They know. And now they're even actually employed 
to, to count the, the game animals, to, to help the big game parks know how many, you know, where, whether the different animals need more food or support and, and to, to, to kind of get, work out what's where it is and where the lions are and where, you know. But they can tell this stuff. They, can, they just they look at the, the path. And they do this through three ways. They have three sets of skills. Um, they, they use their sense of smell. So their, their sense of smell is like supersonic, powerful nostrils stuff. And they can kind of, they, on the wind and the breeze, they can tell, oh, it's a kudu, 100 metres away. Or a springbok. They know what's going on, or a rhino or whatever. They can, they can smell stuff. I have a super smell. I do have very sensitive smell. Every time I take a COVID test, I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) The people in Tail and Bend laugh at me every time because they stick this thing... (laughs) I can't stop myself. It's like I'm like, this time I'm going to be sensible. I lie there. I I can't stop. A very sensitive nose. So they tell... They tell from, the, from their smell, right? The other thing they can do is they, from their sight. They know the animal from their sight, from, from the footprints. They can tell what's been shifted, a, a blade of grass being snapped, what the shape of the footprint should be. They know if the animal's limping or how fast it's going by, how far distance the, the footprints are. They know what the species is. They can tell if it's a female or a male. Like these guys are unbelievable. And they can tell from, from the sign it leaves behind, the, the blood trail. These guys use ancient weapons. Uh, wooden spears, wooden arrows, bows. And African Plains game is known for being really tough. They're tough animals. They've had to survive uh, lions and leopards and cheetahs. And they're hard to kill. And even with a perfectly placed arrow in the vital region, an animal could still run hundreds of metres, maybe even kilometres. And so, so these Kalahari Bushmen have learnt to track from the, the blood spots. And they can tell... The way that that blood falls, the way the drip falls, which way the animal's going through, the way that blood drop falls. They can tell where the animal's hit because of their different colours of blood. If it's hit in the heart, it's a different colour than, than if it's in the lungs because of the oxygenated blood or if it's a liver shot, it's different colour. So they can tell how far this animal's likely to be, through how much blood is coming out, through the speed the animal's going, the way it's... It's amazing. So they can tell through the smell, the sight, and the sounds. They listen. They've grown up in the bush. They know the sounds of the animals. They know the sounds of the other animals, the environment, the birds... They can hear as they take that shot and they start to track way down, hundreds of metres away, they can hear the birds react 
as the animal comes through, it's acting weird. And so they then give a warning signal. This is, this is not right. Something's wrong and they can hear it. Or they can hear and see the vultures and the different animals of prey starting to zone in on the fallen animal. So they tell whether they're on the right path to, to what's going to sustain them and their family through their smell, the sight and the sounds. So they get good at it. They get really good. They have habits that they learn that become so intertwined with who they are that following that track becomes so natural to them that they can do it almost without thinking. It becomes second nature. Galatians 5.16 says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh, our natural selves, desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. The Apostle Paul here talks about the track, right, that we're meant to be on. He says, walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. Don't do what you normally want to do. Don't do what comes second nature to us in our humanity, but listen to the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. He goes on to say in Galatians 5.19, the behavior of the self-life, the flesh, is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, Chasing after things instead of God. Manipulating others. Hatred of those who get in your way. Senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favoured. Temper tantrums. Angry quarrels. Only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties and all other similar behaviour. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the realm of God? Then he says in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is joy, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness and faithfulness. Stay with me because it's a bit complex. I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to explain these metaphors or, or, or join these three ideas together of a, of a neural pathway, 
a habitual way that we use our mind of, of this Kalahari Bushman staying on the trail that is the right direction for him. And Paul's dialogue in Galatians 5 about being led by the Spirit. Because I think there, and I think that there's something in this for us. What Paul is is doing, I think, is he's sharing the smell, the sign, the the sound of what it's like to be on the right track and the wrong track, right? Just like how a, a Kalahari Bushman can tell if he's on the right track because of what it it smells like, what it sounds like, what it what it looks like, Paul's saying this is how you tell if if you're on the right track. This is what it sounds like. Love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance. And this is what it sounds like when you're on the wrong track. Lustful thoughts, anger, jealousy, outbreaks of emotion, temper tantrums. And so, and he's giving them a name, right? Paul's giving them a name. He calls one spirit and he calls the other one flesh. Okay, guys, these things here, this is spirit. This has been spirit-led. And these things over here, this has been flesh-led. But what you want is you want to be led by the Spirit. Guys, this is what, what we want, right? This is what we want. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want those things in our heart. I mean, not naturally, because naturally we're selfish. But, but if we have the Holy Spirit in us, he gives us this motivation to want these other things. And a big part of of Christianity, a really big part, is creating the habit of being led by the Spirit. Creating the habit. When I was um, just married, I used to always lose my keys. I used to always lose them. It was so frustrating that, you know, I'd be about to go to work and I'd be like, do you guys do that? Have you ever seen it? My grandpa used to always do that. He'd tap his pockets. Where are these keys? And he'd, he'd walk around the house. Where's the keys? And that's what I was like. I'd like, okay, well, where, where are they? And I'd be looking on the table, on the couch, you know, picking up the cushion. Has everyone... You know, like for the TV remote, where's the flipping TV remote? And you look at every under the couch. It was like that all through the house looking for my keys. And every day I would be doing it and it would so frustrate. It wastes so much time. But then I, um, I realised that this is no good. And I had to face... I had to face some things. 
I had to face it. I had to, I had to, I had to accept that oh, I didn't have a memory. <laughs> it was tough, you know. It was like, okay, well, I just, um, I just can't seem to remember where I put them. But you know what? The moment that I accepted that tough truth opened up all these other possibilities. It opened up this, this realm that maybe I can live a different way. If, if, because before that, every time I'm just like, I'd sit down and I'd put my keys down, I'd be like, oh, I'll remember where they are. Yes. I'd put them on the bench, yeah, I'll remember where they are. I'd leave them in the car, yeah, yeah. But I never could because I don't have a memory. I was living deceived, right? Because I thought every single time was going to be different, but it was always the same. And then I accepted. I just, I can't do it. So I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my keys in only three locations. Only three locations. I'm just going to accept that I'm not going to remember. So I'm just going to, they're either going to be in my pocket. But if I take them out of my pocket and put them somewhere, I'm going to put them. Yeah, that, well, gang, you reckon my illustration. So, so they're either in my pocket or. I don't really put them on the hook, but I put them next to the hook. I don't know, because when I put them on the hook, it makes the hook go like that, and it just drives me crazy, you know? It's like, you know how it's because it's got the, it hangs, and it's like, ah, I can't stand it. So I put them on the shelf next to the hook, right? So either in my pocket, they're on the hook, or they're in the front pocket of my bag. And I accepted that I couldn't, that I don't have a memory and I'm only going to put them there. And you know what? I basically never lost them again. Because, thank you, thank you. Yeah, because, because, I, because I, don't, I don't leave them around trusting in myself to be able to remember. I just put them in those three locations. And um, Christianity is a lot like that. Christianity is built on facing three tough truths. It's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to face a flaw that I didn't have a memory, but it gave me freedom. And it's not comfortable to face these things, right? Um, but it's good too. It's three things that Christianity is built on, three mental ascents that we all that we need to face. And the first one is repentance of self. Repentance of self. It's like it's like it's the first step, 
Admitting that I'm broken. Admitting that I have tried in my life, but there's areas of my life that I am failing in. Areas that is not okay, and no matter how hard I try, I can't really get it right. I'm far from perfection. So first step. That's what the whole Christian prayer, salvation prayer is about. It's about saying to God, God, I need you. I, I can't do this. Right? That's the first step. It's a tough one though, right? It's not a good feeling to admit that you're a failure. But it's important. The second one is recognition of Christ. That's the second mental ascent. It's really, really important. It, it's saying that Jesus died for me. That even though I'm not good enough, he was and he is. And it's recognizing and putting my faith in what he did for me. Right? It's recognizing Jesus. It's like going, okay, Jesus, I understand you died for me. And I put my faith in that. I recognize that you, your goodness is spilled over off the cross onto me and you lift me up. Like that's the second step. I'm not good enough, but Jesus, you are. And the third mental ascent that, that is, is a little tough to face is reliance. Reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have repentance is the first step. The second one is, is recognition of Christ. And the third one is reliance on the Holy Spirit. It's, it's like, okay, I need you, Holy Spirit, every day in my life. I need your strength. I need your support. I need your guidance. It's, it's relying on the Holy Spirit. Not on myself and you know that every single time remember how i talked about this this walking by the spirit or walking by the flesh every time we notice something in our lives some people call it maybe a trigger every time we recognize something in our lives like anger or lustful thoughts or jealousy what's happened to get on that path is that we've jumped off of one of these steps. Like I haven't got, I have only got two legs, but we kind of need to stand on all of them at the same time, right? And if we notice that one of these, if we notice something in our life that is popping out, a bit of anger, a bit of jealousy, some something that shows us that we're on the wrong path, it means that we've stepped off one of them. Like, for me, a big one is the third step, reliance on the Holy Spirit. I, I, I love to get ahead of God. I, I, I usually find it pretty easy to accept that I need Jesus. I usually find it pretty easy to accept that uh, and thankful for 
my faith in him and that he's forgiven me, but I tend to run ahead and think I can do things in my own strength. And, and then I get frustrated and I get angry and, I, and then I, I, I kind of end up on the wrong path. And so we need to use the illustrations that Paul talks to us in Galatians to help snap us back into, okay, what step am I missing? What step am I missing? Am I, am I forgetting? Am I getting proud? Am I forgetting that I need God? Uh, have I lost sight that that I don't need to be good enough on my own, but that Christ has blessed me with that. That this precious gift of the cross, that Jesus came to earth for me. Or am I forgetting to take steps in line with God and to be filled with the Holy Spirit to outwork my walk? I... um. I love hunting. If I could have the musicians up or the keyboard player up, thanks. I love I love hunting, and um, and many times I used to do uh, bow and arrow as well, a bit like a Kalahari bushman. And um, and many times I I would. I would be searching down on my hands and knees for a blood trail so I could find um, the, the target of the hunt so I could bring it home, feed the family. And many times I would get a bit ahead of myself. I'd, I'd kind of walk off thinking I knew the way that, that the animal went, but before long I'd be looking and I would find no sign. And I'd have to go back to the, to the last spot of blood and, and look at that and go, okay, it's going that way. Get back on track, Mark. Looking, perceiving the footprints to know which direction to head. And you know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked a path. And it was a blood-stained path as he was beaten, scourged with a whip, lashes, his back, his ribs exposed as he walked that path to Calvary. The crown of thorns bashed down on his head into his temples bleeding his feet dragging under the weight of the cross and he walked that hill for us now it's been 2,000 years the, the footprints have, have long been trampled the blood has dried evaporated and turned to dust but spiritually there is real they're as real as they were 2,000 years ago. Would you like to stand?
church. Let's form some stronger habits to be led by the Holy Spirit to get back to our roots, to stay on those steps. And there's two ways to form a habit. There's the calendar way where you well, you make a decision in perpetuity that every day that you're going to get up, whether it be when the sun rises or, or whether it be 10.30, whether it be when the sun goes down, but to, to acknowledge the importance, that difficult decision that we need the Holy Spirit and that we We've got to, got to keep our eyes on that. So I encourage you, church, it's not an easy life. We need the Holy Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you now. Make a decision in that calendar, a decision in perpetuity. Okay, I'm going to keep my eyes on Christ's footprints, on his drops of blood. So that's the first way to make a habit. The second way to make a habit is called habit stacking. Habit stacking. And that when you already have a habit and add another habit to it, it's easier. And, and Christ said in the Last Supper, when you do these things, remember me. Remember that? He said, when you eat... When you drink, remember me. And we can use these moments in our lives to be like a rubber band to snap us back onto the steps that we're meant to be on. That's what communion's all about. It's like, remember me. When you eat, when you drink, remember my, my, my blood shed on the cross, my body broken. And we can use, like Paul says, these, these signs of when we're on the wrong path, when we notice ourselves triggering with anger or jealousy. We can use it like a rubber band. Oh, that's the flesh. That's the flesh. I don't want to be led by the flesh spirit. I want to be led by the spirit. And we can stop and we can acknowledge that he is inside us, strengthening us and helping us to be better than we could be on our own. Right? Let's pray. Father, I just pray for each person here. We need the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for those neural pathways that are in our brains that we've walked time and time again that are not helpful, that are leading us to fear, to lust, to shame, to jealousy. We admit the difficult things that we need you. We acknowledge that Christ died for us. We acknowledge that to walk the path you have for us, we need the Holy Spirit. So we choose, Father, to stay in step with you. And we choose that when we notice we're off the path, we're just simply going to stop and get back on. Father, we acknowledge you this morning. Help us to build up habits 
like Jesus did, of spending time with you and staying on track. Father, skillfully hone our skills like a skillful hunter to keep in sight your blood, to keep in sight Jesus. We pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.